Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. It's Joey here with Paulie. What's up? This is the first one of 2024. Welcome back, Paul. Thanks, bro. Welcome back to you too. Thank you, bro. It's good to be here. Today, we're talking about when to progress and regress and exercise. Essential stuff for any coach. Let's go. Could have faded that out a little bit slower, but live and learn. <laughs> uh, topic for today, can't help but um, when you said it, the first thing I thought about was your voice in my head saying, you're not ready. You're not ready. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. There's like three different lines you need to coach. That's one of them. <laughs> I like also the, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm so sore. You're welcome. <laughs> that was fucked. You're welcome. <laughs> I gave you that. You, you're all of them. All of them, basically. Um, yeah, it's definitely. I've always liked to err on the side of arrogance with all of that, which I noticed Dylan is, has also found his place there. It comes natural to both of you somehow. <laughs> you're so good at it. Wankers <laughs> is the term. Um, we're going into uh, progressing and regressing exercises, so like when to make something harder, when to make it easier. It's, I suppose, the... We have a bit of a framework for this. It's something that a lot of coaches maybe don't consider. I think that you end up with a bias based on whatever style of training you're doing. You know, we've talked about a lot coming from the movement game and stuff like that. It's all about complexity, right? It's always about the next harder exercise. Mm -hmm. But then if you're coming from the bodybuilding game, it's always about more repetitions or more weight, but you mm. never change the exercise, mm. you know? And then there's, there's options in between, right? Then you've got CrossFit where they're playing more with rest periods and volume and the coupling of X. So there's, there's all these different ways to progress things. We want to try and just break down the different types and then give people a bit of a framework so that they can understand when to employ which one. Very good. Where do we start? Well, I think the first thing we should look at is the different ways of progressing. Now, there are four key things here, but there's actually a fifth bonus one, which was pointed out to me at a recent coaches intensive. I'll take you there in a minute. So, when we're talking about progressing, we're talking about making something harder. Now, obviously, built into this is the understanding that you, as the listener, understand the what progressive overload is. And this is a principle of strength, but also really any kind of, um, any kind of progress within your training. Progressive overload simply states that we need to make things harder on a consistent progressive basis in order to be constantly getting something from them. If we just do the same thing, then our body gets used to that and then nothing changes. Spot on. Let's right. all agree there. Yeah. So then progressive overload, got that. We want to progress something, make it harder. Okay, let's say you're doing an exercise and I'm like, you're not getting anything from this. This is easy. How do I progress it? First is load. So I can simply make something heavier. Now, if we're talking about body weight strength training, this is not necessarily as clear as it would be with, say, weightlifting, whereby mm -hmm. let's just put some weight on the bar. How about we put five kilos on and let's try it there. The second option or the second way is range. So we take an exercise and we just increase the range of motion. Now, uh, this would be if we're talking about, let's say a deadlift, great example, you're lifting the bar from the floor. That's fine. We want to increase the range. We could now elevate your feet so you're standing up on a plate, which means you're lifting from a lower bar position. We've increased the range there. Mm, love the deficit mm. deadlift. Yeah, it's a good one, right? So good. I should use it more myself. 
third method here is complexity. So we choose to make the exercise harder, more challenging from a coordination perspective. Mm-hmm. So if we're doing, let's keep it with the deadlift example, right? How would you increase the complexity? You've got a standard conventional deadlift. What would be a couple of options to increase complexity on that? I don't know. I, I go immediately to regressing the movement. Yeah, regressing. All right, well, well let's go progression first. Single leg deadlift. Gotcha. No, let's go to one leg, yeah, right? Sure. One-handed deadlift. Sure. Um, you know, think of the old-timey strongman stuff like yeah. the – the straddle Jefferson one-handed deadlift. Gotcha. You know, you've got all that stuff. But you've also got... Different objects. Yeah, different objects. That's right. You've also got a clean. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you got the deadlift down. Let's go sure, to a barbell sure, sure. clean. Yep, yep. Right? So, you know, the complexity really entails like coordination, balance. It's, it's kind of like a skill thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great. It's great. Um, it's not better than load or range. It's just a different way to go about it. Fourth one. This is probably one of the most simple is reps. This is just do more repetitions. Oh, eight feels fine. Cool. Let's do 10. Perfect. Okay. That feels fine. Let's do 12. God. Right. Just wish my program looked like that. What? Just more reps? Yeah. Yeah, It would be great, right? (laughs) It's nice and simple. Yeah. Yeah. See these exercises, it's all you ever got to do. Just add reps. Yep. Um, And then the last, and this is kind of not something that that I consider of too too much importance, but it, it, it should be mentioned, rest. You reduce the rest periods. Correct. So you're basically introducing fatigue as a thing there which in a conditioning aspect that's a really common thing um that would be you know like say we have with our in the bodyweight program you have the superset a uh, uh, mastery and a mobility piece or two masteries and a mobility guys you've got 15 minutes mm-hmm. um i want you to get four rounds but some people might only get three rounds because they're taking big rest periods so the progression for them hey next week let's chase that fourth round mm-hmm. you can like that's great nothing has changed they've just rested less Totally. I've got an inkling of what this fifth bonus might be. It occurred to me. Oh, that was it. Rest. Oh, it was rest. It was Excuse rest. Excuse me. Did you? But you got something else. Uh, well, I thought of I thought of Lockie. I thought of uh, CO two H, H uh, oxygen regression, oh. which was an interesting one that you know he brought just to my mind, and it's been floating around you know in recent years. I think in a lot of training. Um, places but the idea of restricting well one oxygen intake or co2 rates of turning it over yeah so it's basically training same thing but lip sealed training your carbon dioxide tolerance that's what you call it yep the flip on that Mm. well you know could go either way you could say that the breath work is the exercise yeah, is yeah. the thing we're training and the exercise, the deadlift, we're just using that as a tool to assist. Yes, yeah, yeah. Or you could flip it the other way and go, now we're going to make the deadlifts different challenge for you today by manipulating the breath. Yep. So there you go. So we got some, we got a few different options there, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, when do we choose? When do we know which one to choose? Here's the basic piece you have to know. You have to understand the context of what it is that you're training at that time, right? So we're doing a strength class and today we're doing deadlifts and kettlebell windmills. Four or five sets, take a rest. I want you to, you know, I want those last three sets to be as heavy as possible, Mm -hmm. right? Um, 
what am I what am I going to look to use there as a method of progression? And what am I going to look to not use? Well, certainly, being that we're talking about strength work, we're going to look to use load. That's probably going to be the most closely related. Okay, let's make it a heavier barbell, heavier mm-hmm. kettlebell. Mm-hmm. We might also use reps, right? Because it might be a rep range. It could be four to six reps, and you might be working at four reps today. So, Paulie, I want you to progress this next session. Let's go to five reps. And the week after that, six. I can do that for you, coach. Thank you, coach. Um, the third range, yeah, range is if Paulie's if you're doing it at the prescribed range, then range is not really on the table. Mm-hmm. But if you're a newer individual, and I can see you're a bit tight with the windmill, and we got you doing kind of like a shorter, shallower version, mm. range is going to be a great method of progression for you. And what I was thinking when you were detailing the five before was that range and complexity cross over a lot um, because it's a coordination thing for someone and they've got to progress. They're trying to figure out, like, the windmill can be a bit complicated because it's like thoracic, like torso rotation and hinge, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, let's just reduce the range, get used to the top half of it and then increase the complexity and range at the same time. That's going to happen. With ollie lifting, it was the first thing that I thought about was... Ollie lifting. Yeah, always just breaking it down into little bits, practicing that. Yeah, that's a great point. So then complexity in the Mm. pure sense, if we're working on getting stronger at the deadlift and the windmill and you're doing a deadlift and a windmill, I don't actually want to go and change the exercise. I don't want to go, hey, Paulie, barbell clean and instead of windmill, let's go bent press. Yep. Right? Because the context of that training right now is – the windmill. Getting stronger at these two movements. Yes. Yeah. However, if it was, uh, if bent press and barbell clean were the two movements we were training, but you were a bit newer and you were having trouble with those, so we regressed it to, hey, man, let's do a windmill and a deadlift, right? Like, right. Totally. Yeah. So there's this, like, there's this relationship that occurs. Yeah. So I guess um, what you were saying was every, when you're doing an exercise, there's... Uh, overarching goal or aim and we're looking is it strength or is it mobility or whatever that may be and then when you've got the exercise all the exercises have parameters for that exercise so this is the movement that we're trying to work towards here's point a here's point b exactly so then let's give that same scenario or let's give that same example but different scenario let's go um it's a 15 minute amrap you're doing Barbell deadlifts, burpees, I'm and running up and down the block. I'm doing them. Yeah. What am I looking to progress now? Load is definitely a factor. Man, these swings look a bit too easy. Let's, you know, let's, let's up that a little bit. Range, yeah, if the range is suboptimal or it's, it's, you know, it's short, not what it should be, then sure, that's a thing. Complexity, no, we're probably not looking to change the exercises too much. We're not looking for um, adding coordination challenge here. We're not looking for more neural load. We're just looking for more work. So more work is let's make it heavier or more work is I want you to do more reps or more work is I want you to rest less. You did three set, three rounds last week, let's get four today. Mm. Very different context to the strength thing um, and very different context again to say uh, the body weight like a body weight approach because that's all about complexity. Mm-hmm. So no right or wrong sort of, well, there's some are more right, some are more wrong than others. 
Gotcha. And I think that it's a bit of a grey area, but for the for the coach, you want to know what it is you're trying to get out of that part of the workout in order to inform how am I going to progress this. It's such a good point. I think I know with with the coaches intensive that um, that we run here. I know you always make a very clear point of uh, contents context and intention for separate parts of a workout making that really clear because you can just melt it all into one so say you do some strength and then you're going to do some metabolic conditioning afterwards you really want to draw a clear line for for folks so that they know what the intention is because then they're going to treat how they approach it what loads they choose appropriately yeah so you know in your example there it's metabolic conditioning so we have recommended loads, but really it's, it's about, you know, getting that heart rate up. How high can I get it? How high can I stay up there? So, yeah, so they – it's really the onus is on them to kind of reach that. Whether they choose 12 kilos or 14, they can still work extremely hard based on how they apply themselves to it. Yep. But, yeah, you've got to let the coach know that, and I guess that's important to know on how a – for a coach on how they're going to inform someone how to progress or regress, which is what the conversation's about here. So complexity wants to be low in that case. So if someone's doing it and it's fucking, it's fucking up, the heart rate's coming down because they're trying to figure it out, they're all stuck in their head on how to do this sit-out, and it's like, don't do that, just do this. Just do some burpees, bro. Just do the burpees. Just, yeah. Yeah, so, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and I think we've, you've probably been in that point, haven't you, where like so many times. you're trying to coach someone, it's, it's, a, it's a conditioning part of the workout, and you find yourself coaching them through these small details of an exercise, and you're like, ah, this isn't what we need right now. That's right. Fuck, just do jump squats, bro. Exactly. You know, because that fulfills the context more so than let's take five minutes to, exp- to teach you an exercise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it's super important, and I, I, I know. Yeah, enough said there. The yeah, the context piece. It's like people need to go on that. People need to understand the journey that you're about to take them on over the class. And so you've usually got three very distinct parts: a warm up, a primary work piece, and then like a secondary work piece. <clears throat> and so it's like, well, if I want the same level of effort and the same level of whatever. I want just the same performance from you from all three of those, then I'm just not going to say shit. But it's very rare that you want that. In a warm-up, you want people to take it easy, crew, like just get through these. Let's just, we're just activating the glutes, hanging a little, let's get a little bit of mobility, start to get the heart rate up. Like it's, yes. you know, and then, hey, now it's strength. I want you to go fucking, like I want you to really focus on the very few repetitions you're going to be doing here mm-hmm. and effort and intensity and consistency is the goal and then when the conditioning piece comes like i want you to like try and destroy yourself responsibly (laughs) you know i still want the effort but it's a different kind of effort now (laughs) i've never heard it put that way destroy yourself responsibly yeah like i want consistent clean reps we want efficiency but i also want you to minimize rest as much as possible i want you to be in that spot where it's uncomfortable but you can repeat it and manage it without big rest periods work at a rate where you can keep moving yeah yeah, yeah. Easy, to, easy to overlook when you are a professional at exercise mm. and you just assume that everyone understands yep. Yep. what the intention is at the whole workout. So I guess the important part is that going to 
you know, what we're talking about, how to progress and when to progress or regress someone, it's going to change from bit different bits of the workout that has different intentions. Yeah. So you need to know those. Exactly. And that probably brings us to the, to the next point here, which is, which is good. The prerequisites for when you would progress. Now, we're going to also cover when you would regress here, just to sort of give both, both sides. Mm. Um, so load. Let's, let's focus on load. Load is most commonly seen in lift, right? You're lifting weights. Mm-hmm. Load is often the easiest progression. Oh, that, that's okay. That's looking good. Let's go heavier. Oh, that's not looking good. Let's go lighter. Mm-hmm. So the prerequisite there is when the technique is good, and we're gonna, I, I like to use the term efficient. Efficient meaning the repetitions are consistent, the positioning is good, making the lift efficient, mm-hmm. and it's, it's being repeated set after set. <clears throat> like, okay, that's, you've got a handle on this. Mm-hmm. Easiest thing is let's go up on the next set. Let's add some weight. When the technique is inefficient, your repetitions don't look the same. I can see you're struggling with it. The body having a bit of trouble organizing your back with the deadlift, whatever. Mm-hmm. Easiest thing is let's reduce the weight a bit. Mm-hmm. Simple because it's simple. Paul go lighter. Paul go heavier. Now, yes, sir. There is also a case there that you could use range of motion, right? But I would say that the first would be load, and then second, okay, fuck, weight. Paul's deadlift still looks like shit. You know what, bro? Let's just elevate the bar a little bit so you're not lifting as deep. I think you're a bit tight in the hammies. Maybe that's why you're having trouble coordinating the lift. Let's mm-hmm. just get you lifting sort of through three quarters of that range. Yep. So a bit of a hierarchy there. Now you could use the range piece first if you wanted to. I would just argue that load is the most express. It's the fastest thing to manipulate. Mm-hmm. And in a class environment, we're looking for the quickest way to get to the person training mm-hmm. effectively so speed is a is a factor there makes sense now what about and talk to me here bodyweight guy prerequisites of range so let's say we're working a a mobility drill in bodyweight um and we're looking to progress or regress when are we going to use range as the piece there because there's no weight on the bar. There's no bar. There's no yeah. load. Your body weight is the load. Yeah. And arguably your positioning is, is kind of is the load. But when are we talking about range? Yeah, yeah. So I guess you mentioned mobility. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if you're trying to search for range, uh, it's kind of a tricky one, mobility, as you, as you know. But with, say, body weight movement, it would be similar to the lift thing. Um, I'd look to use full range as early as possible, just as a general rule, um, and lighten the load. Right. So as an example of a strength movement, push-ups, I don't ever want to have someone doing a partial push-up rep because they can't get down all the way and up. I would elevate the hands higher and higher so they can express full range of so the, the load is light. The load is just yeah, so it's load as well. Yeah, talk to me from a, talk to me when it's when the goal, when the drill is a mo, when it's specifically like an active stretch. So let's say we're doing a um, let's say we're doing a Jefferson curl, mm. right? Mm-hmm. 
when do I, when am I going to look at manipulating range there? Or am I manipulating range? Uh, let me think this through kind of out loud. So we're trying to increase range. With mobility, I guess there's a few different factors that go into what's holding someone back from the range. So it's tightness, weakness, lack of coordination. Um, I usually go to awareness with someone and it's a bit like your typical of bodyweight training. I, I go to awareness, which I kind of couple with technique. Yep. So in order to have good technique, you have to have a certain amount of awareness. With stretching, you've got to be aware of what you need to hold into position so that you can manipulate the other side of that joint and stretch it. So like in bodyweight training, you have to change the movement in order to regress the movement. Yep. Often. So Yeah, so potentially with a Jefferson curl you might need to work on a hinge or something with someone before you get them into a Jefferson curl. Does yeah. that make sense? For sure. But I would definitely reduce load first and go body weight. I mean, your trunk is a load anyway. And I would get them practicing the actual coordination of the movement, basically. Yeah, right. So getting them, getting them across the actual technique first. Yeah. Yeah. Because it really it relies on technique to whether you're going to be applying it effectively or not. Yep. As it is, like let alone adding weight to it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Did I answer the question? Yeah, you did. Stretching is a tough one. I think yeah. that's that's really what, what it comes down to. It's mm. like it's hard to say. There's I'll give you an example of say when you would like with a Jefferson curl, uh, easy example of when it's load is like someone's doing it, they're locked like their knees are locked, quads are engaged, they're coming down, and then at the bottom of the range they start bending their knees and you're yep. like, ooh, they're protecting their hamstrings. Mm-hmm. So you're like, let's go lighter or let's just get rid of the weight. Yeah. And I want you to keep the knees locked. Right? Because yes. you can see they're compromising the technique because it's too intense for them. Sure. But what I would when you would progress it range wise um, would be Someone's doing a Jefferson curl and they're doing it at a particular weight and it's good and you're like, yeah, it's fine. But you can see they're not working particularly hard. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, so-and-so is just not – they're not squeezing the juice from this. Yeah. So that's, you know, like say the, when I would then come to them, hey, man, okay, come to your bottom position and then I find – I put my hand inside the, just to their knuckles and then I'm like, all right, push a little bit deeper to reconnect to my hand. Mm-hmm. And now they're like – you can see the pain face, you can see the effort – Mm-hmm. don't bend the knees keep the quads engaged you know tight abs whatever like now you are squeezing more range from them mm-hmm. you're helping them to find their perimeter in in principle they should be going to their perimeter on every rep anyway mm-hmm. but often we realize when someone comes and gives us that bit of encouragement we're not right yeah 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 absolutely yeah it's a tricky one stretching you know and um uh i guess yeah, I find with our classes, when it comes to stretching more and more when we're delivering our programs to all the coaches, we have to give them a, a small toolkit that comes with the mobility drills. Um, outside of the stretch class itself, which is, that's all about stretch. From the beginning to the end, it's all about educating yourself deeply, more deeply about the stretching game. But in the where it appears in the bodyweight program where there's, you know, one primary drill each session 
um, we deliver that to our coaches and then give them a little toolkit because there's uh, numerous factors that can be holding someone back from increasing range. Um, so it could be, you know, um, weakness in a certain area or it could be coordination and stuff, as I mentioned before. On regressing range, this is really important when you can see that someone's doing an exercise and they're really uncomfortable at a certain aspect of it. A deadlift is a great example. You see someone starting at the top, they're in good position, yep. they're coming down, and then towards the bottom they just they really start to round their back and the shoulders push forward and and you can you can see that they're not voluntarily changing their position. Mm-hmm that would be a really good time to go, hey, let's just elevate the bar so you're now staying just in a range where you can maintain good body position. Totally. And then over time trying to reduce the amount of limitation there or increase the range for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, using range as a regression is a really valuable one. Uh, or if someone's experiencing pain, say someone's had a knee surgery in their past and you've got them doing front squats and they're like, oh, when I go to the right to the bottom it hurts a bit it's a valid solution there to go hey i just want you to go to like 90 percent of your range yeah keep it pain-free mm-hmm. let's just build strength there for a while um you're gonna add something there oh no just you know i think that's um those situations uh where you would reduce that for someone i think it's just in the context of a class which is what we're mainly talking about here um you know, there's a bit of a learning curve when you first start. You can get caught up, stuck with one person, trying to give them the proper regression yeah. in that moment, and you try to PT them on the spot. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning, because what we're talking about is uh, in a class where there's a dozen people, you need to attend to everyone, so you have to use the triage approach, fix it there and then, um, and then potentially have a chat with them afterwards or bring it up in your coach's meeting later. Um, maybe that person needs PT. Maybe you need to give them a different drill altogether. But in that moment, you need to make it safe and applicable. And then you can kind of think about it a bit later. But I thought that's just worth mentioning, you know, and then you got the squat. Um, you know, hopefully the foundation program, you know, works all of that stuff out. But as we know, it's endless movements. You got someone that, you know, can't squat. You you know, you sit them down to a box and, and that's what I'm going to do today. You just sit on a box and stand and then I will work that out at a later time about how to progress that person. Yeah, that, that brings up a good point. When we're, when we're talking about the, like, efficient technique, I mm. think what's included in there is that the, the person, like, it looks, it's safety is always, like, a consideration. Sure. Like, oh, yeah. do they look comfortable and safe with what they're doing? Mm-hmm. And if they don't, if they look uncomfortable, then that's an indication that something about this might be unsafe. Yeah. They're compromising something. They could mm-hmm. hurt themselves. That is, okay, it's time to regress. Yes. That's a, that's a yeah, that's really important to mention. Um, okay, when would you add reps? Um, well, I guess if they're looking safe, looking comfortable, um, well, dependent on the program. Yep. program has a range there they're using a particular load i would add reps to achieve the top of that range of reps eight to twelve whatever that might be um i would add reps there until they reach the top and then i'd go back to load add more load after that exactly 
Yeah. Drop the reps back down. Drop the reps back down, add more load. Spot on. Um, yeah, sometimes reps is a great one, right? If you're in a conditioning piece and it's like, hey, you could probably like walk to the other side of the room and get a heavier kettlebell. Clock's ticking. Or you just, just do another five reps. Just if you know that that's going to squeeze the juice from them in that moment. Yes. And we can just change it right now. Yep. That's, you know, sure, you might be veering off. It says 15. You've now gone to 20. But it's okay. Yeah. You're still within the context of that portion of the workout. Prerequisites for complexity. I think you kind of said it on the last one. When it looks safe, when it looks comfortable for them, when you can see that there's no longer a lot of effort, you're like, okay, let's progress to the next Mm -hmm. harder exercise now. Yeah. They understand the movement. Exactly. And that's really the centerpiece of the bodyweight program for the most part is like, we're trying to move you through progressively more challenging variations of a kind of theme mm-hmm. towards these mass, like towards these kind of endpoints. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you want to make sure that whatever people are doing, it's it's a challenge for them at that time. Totally, it's it's that whole analogy of the totem pole or the pyramid or whatever. You just build it, build a movement, and then make it more complex on top. Yeah. Um. And then just keep repeating that until you're doing a fucking planche. Come on, baby. Simple as that. Okay, so when to break the rules. Mm. So, well, just a couple of quick ones. I think that example I just mentioned of like, all right, it says 15 reps on the workout, but let's just do 20 because it's quicker. Contextually, that's a better decision to make. I think that's a fair time to break the rules. So can you explain that one? Oh, yeah. Uh, We're doing an AMRAP. I just want you to fucking work right now. You're doing 15 reps of the kettlebell swing. I can see it's not particularly hard for you. I want you to just do 20 reps instead. I got you. I just want yep. it to be harder right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but if we're doing kettlebell swings, heavy kettlebell swings as part of the strength workout, I'm, I'm not going to choose that because I, I want you, you need more load now. I want you to grab a heavier kettlebell, right? Yeah. Um, when else would you break the rules? You would break the rules when the program says we're doing handstands and you got someone doing handstands and you can see that they're in pain because their wrists aren't prepared for that kind of load or they don't have the adequate flexibility. Tell me more. So you would say, you know what, man? I don't want you doing fucking handstands today. Mm-hmm. Your wrists suck. Mm-hmm. You know what I want you to do? I want you to spend the next portion of these 15 minutes i want you to do these two stretches for the wrists mm-hmm. and maybe let's do a couple of you know like supports like scat push up sure horizontal supports cool. so we're still in there we're still building that pushing strength yeah but we're addressing the thing that's holding you back yep. and you might need to do this for the next few weeks yep. but if you stick with this i think you'll be okay to start doing some handstands later in the month gotcha so that's it's it. a form of regression and giving them some other work i mean you don't want to break break people's confidence in a certain aspect of training when the time's right to call that you should call it yeah because you know like it depends it might just be i can see they're a bit uncomfortable but how's it feeling they're like ah it's it's a bit tight but it's okay all right you want to continue yeah Yeah, yeah. okay great continue on and sort of monitor but when you got that person you can see like they're they're pulling weight off that hand yeah so they're coming out of the set they're kind of wincing a little bit holding their wrist you're like dude you're going to get a fucking injury yes. and you're not going to be able to train for two months. Yeah. So do what I tell you right now. Yeah. 
So I think, yeah, that, that, that safety piece is really, you've got to have the eye to be able to know. Mm-hmm. And, and you also have to be able to understand, you've got to be able to read between the lines because that person won't always tell you the truth. Absolutely. Majority of guys will just lie to you. I'm thinking I can see faces in front of my Rubbing eyes. the lobes. Nah, I have my back. Yeah, it's no, always I'm good. But no, I'm it's good. good, yeah. yeah. No, nah, don't, don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. Oh, fuck. You know, you're like yeah. that. Um, when else Christ. would you break the rules? Look, I guess the main thing is, is you might also break the rules when in a class environment for you to, for you to do what, you, what the, the context would compel you to do. Mm-hmm. I can see, Paul, that you're really good with this exercise. Let me teach you the next variation of this handstand drill. Yes. But there's seven minutes left. Yes. There's 24 people in, other people in the class. Yes. Three of them are here on their first body weight session. Yep. And you're like, I fucking can't give you the, the three and a half minutes. Yes. This yeah, is going to yeah, take yeah. right now. Yeah. So it's, hey, that's great. Let's get an extra set of those, Paul. And next week, we're going to go through the new one and you're off to the next yeah, person. That's true. Like you have to also be mindful of the group. Yeah. Of course, it's a different consideration if it's one-to-one. Yeah. Or, you know, if, if the class is not 24 and it might be three people, you might give them that extra thing. That's right. You know, you yeah. might even, you know, it's a small group PT at that point. Um, I often give... More context, more jewels um, in those situations. For sure. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And I guess that's breaking the rules too. You can move people up. Yeah, for sure. Give them an extra drill. Yeah, that's actually an interesting one there. There's the, the, the other part of it, like when you're progressing in terms of like complexity, we sort of build in our minds these ladders of this is the first step of the ladder, the next harder drill is this, the yeah, next yeah, is this. Yeah. And they're usually pretty good. Like, you you know, assuming you know what you're talking about. And yes. I have faith that all of us here do. But, you know, that usually works for most people. But there are times when someone will move along and then you'll see for whatever reason, this drill just really doesn't work for you. Yeah. This drill just fucking sucks right now. Man, I just think of Ollie lifting. And, you know, I've done a fair bit of it over my time, but not at a particularly high level. But I really enjoy it. Um, you know, it's always a puzzle to coach because you have two people potentially showing the same inefficiency in, in the movement and they might need completely different cues and drills to get that out of them. Um, so I think of breaking the rules potentially in Olympic lifting where the complexity might be really high and say the movement that, that's prescribed is it's prescribed and there's parameters. We know what it is we're trying to achieve. You might have to give them something completely different just to bring out a particular aspect of that movement for that individual. Yep, that's right. It's fucked sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes you know like, hey, you suck at this right now, mm. but I just want you to stay in that zone. Yeah, yeah. Keep struggling. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. What you, yeah, I, you know, all considered, this is good for you right now. Yeah. But yeah, so some, like, uh, you know, sometimes you have that and it's like, uh, you know what? I'm just going to bump you to the next harder thing. Yeah. I think that's actually going to work better for you. And you might even feel like in this session, this person's going to be in deep water. Yeah. Like, hey, this is going to be real hard for you, but I think give it a few weeks and or a few sessions. Happened yeah, this week. Um, and this is, a, 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 I guess, somewhere where you break the rules is where you add load in only lifting. 
because um, some folks aren't getting something. There's no motivation for the movement. And I'm like, do you just need to add weight? And they're not confident because adding weight means, oh, God, why would I add weight now if I don't know how to do it? Can't even do it with motiv- the broomstick. Yeah, so I'm like, add weight, trust me, type of thing. So I guess that's a rule breaker too. Absolutely. And what is it there? It's the fact that the weight provides feedback. Yes. And that allows the body to feel things. It allows the body to feel the amplification of gravity yep. so that, oh, now I, I understand where I need to be. Exactly. And you see it with kettlebells too, right? Yes. You're teaching yeah, yeah. someone oh. some kettlebell shit and they got a real light one and they're just yep. flicking it around because it's like a key ring. Yes. And yep. you're like, let's go heavier so you can feel what needs to happen. So you can bring the legs into it. Yeah. You're just arming it because it's so light and... And, you know, straightens out the plumb line and stuff when it gets a bit heavier. So that's a really good kind of um, example of where you're breaking that rule to for the greater good of that development. Yeah, because I think like for us, generally, we would agree that you want to have the range Mm -hmm. before adding the load. But Mm -hmm. in this case, it's like, no, let's like you want to have the technique down before adding the load. Yeah. Or the complexity. Yeah. Before adding the load. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then look, last point to finish on is that I guess just reinforcing that safety piece and that if what someone's doing doesn't look safe to you, then you need to act on that immediately. Yeah. Now there's, there's, there's sort of different ways about that. We won't go into it right now, but you are looking for the fastest way to get to safety for that person. Yep. And again, it's driven by the context of the session mm-hmm. and it's driven by what are we doing right now? Like w- how much time do I have to work with this person how, how critical is it? Like how critical does this scenario look to me? Yep. Are they like one more rep, they're about to snap themselves? Yes. Yeah, or is it right. like, no, it's just, I just want to get them out of this shitty kind of, these shitty sets they're doing. What's my relationship with that person as well? What rapport do I have? Yeah. Maybe that's a good topic for us to, to break into next time because i got a bit of a framework for that. Mad. That'd All be right. cool. Cool. Um, we'll leave it there. Fucking coaching shit. Love it. There it is, fam. Go coach. Uh We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.